Hey everybody and welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Christian and I can say that I'm glad to be joined by... And I'm Amanda. I am so glad to be back, y'all. I was out for a couple of weeks and I just want to say, those of you that are listening and understand, you'll know. You'll know who you are, who this thank you is to. So thank you to all of my colleagues um, across the country and, and podcast listeners that reached out during the last couple of weeks. Your support and just your loving kindness meant more than, more than you will ever know. But that said, yes, I'm glad to be back in the studio, especially chatting with Christian today. Thanks, great to have you back, great to have you back. So, uh, so today's episode, yeah. It's a special one as we're gonna uh, focus on things because we're so close to the election. We're gonna have a little focus on uh, how we can best get the students to vote because typically our student population is one of those populations that typically doesn't vote. Based on information from notprofitvote.org, we're gonna provide you with the three best tips, and of course, we will also share the link on our Facebook page. So we would like to, uh, to use this podcast as well for further dialogue, I think, Facebook page as well. If you have any tips and ideas yourself on, uh, on engaging students and, and how to vote. So without further ado, Amanda, let's, uh, let's start to go through those three best tips. Yeah, I'm excited. It's like a PSA, right? And instead of interviewing someone else, we get to talk to everybody today. So... Number one is to educate students on the issues, the candidates, and why elections, more specifically why their vote matters. There's lots of ways to do that in in the classroom, right? As faculty, you can incorporate key issues that students care about or that you care about or that connect to your curriculum into class discussions. Use the topics as integrated reflection posts. Again, tie it to the course curriculum in really innovative and creative ways, especially if you're at a public institution, right? Public institutions for the public good. Um, democracy is a, is a big part of, of our focus and our missions. Hold debate watch parties. Offer it as extra credit, right? Incorporate the, the watch party as a, a virtual online forum for students, a chat. You could also use it as research. You could have students go out and, you know, either virtually or if some of you are on campus to do social science research, (laughs) surveys on who's voting, who's registered, who is thinking, what issues do they care about, Um, which can be cross-curricular collaboration. Have students create PSAs on social media, just reminding their, their peers to vote and why it's important. Christian, what do you think? Anything? So have you uh, incorporated any of those ideas yourself into any of the, uh, or have you heard anybody uh, at your institution maybe that's in any of these? Yeah, so I'm not teaching right now. I'm doing a, a strictly admin role right now, but yes, we spent some time during an intro course we did for our honors college called Introduction to Community Engagement. And part of that was voter right, where also voter rights and voter suppression is also the topic this year for our common book. VCU is a common book that every student reads. And then cross-curricular, cross-units, we hold different events and different discussions and incorporate it into the curriculum. And so that's, um, that's the topic for this year as well. Oh, that's cool. I've never heard of that. So does that, is that book across 
the entire institution. So everybody yes. gets the book. Yes, across the entire institution. Wow. So do the students buy that themselves or is it given to them by the institution? You know, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, wait, I get mine for free. Um, I'm not sure. I think, I think they buy it. Okay. But I could, you know, I can easily double check for sure. And on our, and on our social media, our Facebook page with this post, so everyone listening, I'll add the information about VCU's common book this year. Um, right. Because again, it, it's always relevant to a big social issue of the time. Um, this year's vote is, is one person, no vote um, by Carol Anderson. And if you haven't read it, I will give it a shameless plug because it is fantastic. All right, so number two, tip number two for student engagement around voting. Build momentum leading up to election day. This might seem like a no-brainer, right? <laughs> People, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of anxiety right now. There's a lot of polarization. People feel a lot of, a lot of kinds of ways <laughs> right now about the election. And I think it's important as, as faculty and at, at institutions to remember that, that one, we need to keep it nonpartisan to make sure that we allow an inclusive space for civic discourse and productive and collaborative dialogue across beliefs, right? And right now that might not always be easy. You know, students are very passionate and, and, and in with a very polarized election, you know, there are students that, and faculty <laughs> and adults that feel very strongly one way or another. And that's hard. That's hard to break down those barriers to be able to have productive conversations in class that aren't overrun with emotion. And it will be even harder after the election. But I think it's important, right? It's important to keep momentum going and not to have the shutdown. <laughs> like, I believe this way and you believe that way. So what's the point in talking anymore? I know who I'm voting for. So some really cool tips um, at the nonprofitvote.org document shares um, host virtual voter rallies. Not necessarily partisan, but just vote. You know, this is where you can, again, educate and also get creative. Use guerrilla theater, flash mobs, all kinds of different opportunities, whether that be virtual or in person, to really draw attention to voting and to make it fun. The other thing is this is the first time that many students are voting ever, especially for first year um, traditional students who are who have just turned 18. So I think if you have time at the beginning of class or after, if it doesn't necessarily tie into your curriculum, allow some time though for students to become educated on the mechanics of voting. How do you actually vote? <laughs> what, what does it look like? I'm sure there's a YouTube video, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. Like I remember walking in and, you know, depending on what state you're in, in Kentucky, you know, they ask you, you, you vote by party. So I, I don't know. It's just really overwhelming. I remember being 18 and they're like Republican or Democrat. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think being able to provide a safe space for our students to, to discuss openly their feelings on on what they want from a candidate, who they want to vote for, and why they want to vote for each of the candidates. 
being able to be honest and open in that dialogue, I think is particularly important. And trying to provide that safe space, I think, is, uh, is critical for, for educators to do. It's hard. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It's, it's hard, right? Because I've, I'm equally as passionate. And like if you're a new professor, right? And, and you know that course evaluations typically decide whether or not you go for promotion and tenure. You know, if you have a lot of students who are dissatisfied with you and your course, even though it may be a, an amazing course, you know, yeah. that's folks from having that conversation. So maybe a, a good thing, especially a great point about new faculty, right? In the, in the PNT process and just the pressure of, of feeling, you know, that you have to walk a fine line, especially in the, in the, in, in what to say and what not to say. The conversations are important. I want to encourage folks, don't, don't not have them. <laughs> don't not have the space. It's challenging, but it's important. The other thing is focus on the process like with prompts and if you're having these discussions, Conversation Cafe, if, if you don't know about Conversation Cafe, look it up. It is a great opportunity to teach students how to have these conversations. It focuses less on the topic and more on the process of active listening and dialogue. And I've found, I've used it in class and I've found that it's incredibly helpful to defuse <laughs> a situation, right? When people feel, feel threatened or overly emotional um, about a particular topic that as the instructor, just focusing on the, teaching them the process of how to have deliberate civic dialogue is, is really important. That was third and final tip. Yes, get out the vote. This is the big one, right? And this year, most states, I think, I know I've read a list of several states and Virginia being one of them, but they're having a difficult time finding election officers to volunteer at the polls on election day because traditionally election officers are in an older age demographic and are in a higher risk category. So a lot of those volunteers aren't there this year. If you're over 18, you can be an election officer. You do have to do training. I'm, I'm assuming states are different, but you do have to do training, um, but you get paid. And if you are in a low risk health category and you know social distancing and safety protocols are in place, I would encourage even faculty to volunteer, but definitely encourage your students to volunteer. Also, share with your students the 866-HOUR-VOTE hotline. That's the phone number, 866-HOUR-VOTE. Share that with your students. That's a hotline that's free, direct route to attorneys and legal advice if you are experiencing problems at the polls. That, I think, is very critical, especially for equity. Uh, and inclusion practices. So share that and then, you know, encourage students to volunteer, to drive, to carpool together, drive to the polls, drive folks to the polls. Again, it's a little different with, with our current pandemic and social distancing, but I think our students are smart, hopefully, and they know, they, uh, you know, they know, they know how to stay safe. If not, we've told them. So <laughs> how to stay safe. But yeah, you can, you can do your part all the way, even on election day. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If you can, get out and vote. Try and help those who can. Yeah. Carpooling is a great idea. And the big thing is, 
don't forget your ID. This goes to this goes to everyone listening, not just for students, but for faculty, all of our listeners. Uh, make sure you got an ID. But certain states, if you don't have an ID, ask for a provisional ballot. In the state of Virginia, if you don't have an ID, you can ask for a provisional ballot. Please do that. Know your voter rights. On behalf of our podcast, I encourage everyone to vote. Um, early voting, absentee voting, melon vote voting, in-person voting. So be the change that we want to see. All right. Thank you for those three awesome tips. Yeah. So just a reminder that we're going to share the resources. If you're not on our Facebook page, yeah. search us out. Ask to be a member. There's a ton of resources on there and all of our weekly podcasts. Also, we invite you and encourage you to share your resources. I know universities are doing really great work right now around student voter engagement. And so that's a, that's a great space for us to share. Good to be back. Christian, as always, nice to chat with you. And with you. And I will speak to you soon. Yeah. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the AERA Service Learning and Experiential Education SIG podcast, co-hosted by Dr. Christian Winterbottom and Dr. Amanda Hall, and produced by Thamana Sohal. If you'd like to get in touch to be featured on the podcast or to be a sponsor of the podcast, please email slee041podcast at gmail.com. That's S-L-E-E-041 podcast at gmail.com.